Hey guys, welcome back to the Whipped Cream Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Harris. Today we have Shabani Prasad, international model. You may have seen her in a ton of different things. Uh, <laughs> Sephora campaigns, Majid Jordan video. Uh, she's done the Nordstrom launch, Beauty is Boring, Becca, MAC Cosmetics, L India, and many other things. You can check her out on our Instagram. Uh, uh, what's your Instagram again? It's at LiveShiv, so at L-I-V-E-S-H-I-V. And hello. Hi. <laughs> Instagram before everything. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I'm no, man, I'm, I'm so excited. It's a while to get this to happen today, but I'm excited you're here. Yeah, it all, normally, though, this is good for us because normally it takes us years That's to see true. each other. This That's is true. only like maybe half a year. <laughs> this true. is good. We, act, just for anyone listening, we actually met at Matt Cosmetics probably how long ago? I think that was almost five years ago. Really? Five or six. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. So I did your makeup for... Um, it was an event It was like store. an event where mm-hmm. we make major hair really big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember? Mm-hmm. And then we connected since then and like always like kept in contact, I think, just on social media. Mm-hmm. And then I did your makeup for another video or something recently. And then we're here now. Yeah. And it's so awesome to see how much you've grown. Oh, thank you. You like, too, man. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah. When you work hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So you live in New York now, so you're in Toronto just for a bit. Just for the holidays I was here and I had a couple jobs in Montreal, so it's just easier for them to fly me from here. Okay, cool. What were you working on in Montreal? Um, Dynamite. I do Dynamite Ecom and they're a wonderful client and I really love working in Montreal. Like it's a different vibe over there. Yeah. Um, and the, they actually have, in my experience, the, the rates are a little bit higher than Toronto rates for Ecom. So Sweet. it's sick to go there. I love it. And then you are based in New York now. Yeah, I live in Brooklyn. Awesome. How long have you lived there? I've been in Brooklyn now for almost a year. Um, but I've been in New York now for almost two years, which is crazy because I was never that person that was like, I'm going to be a model and move to New York. Like never. Right. It just kind of was like, well, I don't want to live in the small apartment anymore. So I guess I should get my own place. Like that was literally it. It was not like this big dream or anything. How did you, what made the initial move though? From the model apartment? No, from, from Here Toronto to, to New York. Um, the agency was like, you should try it. Like we, I met a bunch of agents and one wanted to sign me and um they were like you should try it and I was like all right I had always heard that the New York market was very high fashion I know I'm a commercial girl so I was like whatever we'll try it and the first time I went there I didn't work at all I did nothing really? in four months I did one job in four months were you dying I mean it was horrible were you I'm, depressed it was really bad and I couldn't leave because like of the visa situation and everything so right. it was bad and then I went to London did a ton of work and stuff and then they were like you got to try it again and this is how like you know you have good agents like I went back and it was just like my book was so much better and it was just like boom I was working from literally the first day I got there and now it's just rolling and now that's my base market wow oh so New York is Mm -hmm. awesome yeah so you're working a ton out there have you did you did you find it to like are you like fully adjusted to it now because it's like we think New York is like the bigger version of Toronto and I I highly disagree like New York is hardcore and it's intense and I think it could like whip you into shape or yeah (laughs) yeah I mean so like when I'm home I live in Mississauga so it is different than Toronto and I I find like New York is just such a hustle like when I'm there I'm working on all my projects I'm like always wanting to do stuff every day I work out every day I have my gym I have my routine I feel like when I'm home I'm a lot more like chilled out kind of lazy it takes me a bit to do things um so it definitely is different like even New York to LA I would say the vibe is so different like when I'm in New York I'm like what am I doing today what's my list of 10 things I need to do today you know and it definitely is different I don't think I'm fully adjusted um America is a very different place than Canada and I would never ever ever settle down there like never (laughs) but it's a great place but why um, do you say that for you why would I not settle down there Mm -hmm. multiple reasons I think my top three reasons are um I'm not into military, and they so are, and it's very evident. Right. Um, I would never want to pay 
you know, upwards of 50 grand to send my kids to school. That's so ridiculous and makes no sense. And I, why would I pay for healthcare? <laughs> Those are right. my three things. <laughs> like, spoiled. why would I pay? Like, what? Like, yeah. no, this makes no sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm too Canadian for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, not happening. Not happening ever. <laughs> um. So I want to get into some really cool stuff. I think, I mean, you're a model. So it's like, I, and I'm a makeup artist. So we mm-hmm. both know how superficial this industry is yeah. and what it can be. But it's really cool to bump into people that um, can take that superficiality and kind of um, almost at like inject like a, a more um, conscious mm-hmm. and yeah, like uh, kind of aspect to it. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So like I, you mentioned that you do like a lot of activism and like different things that are um, like we, I think we spoke when we were on set and we were just like having a casual conversation and you said that the reason why like another reason why you're so passionate about modeling is because you want to um be a face for women of color and i thought that was so cool because i didn't know that yeah you know like you don't know like not every model is going to bring that to the table right that's not that's not something that 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 a lot of models say or i've heard so i thought that was really cool yeah i think um i mean you're a woman of color too and you know like you flip through a magazine or you walk around times square or whatever you don't see a lot of colored people still mm-hmm. more than before but like my thing was i think one of the main reasons why like i said i never really planned on moving to new york and being a model or anything is because i didn't see anybody in media that looked like me mm-hmm. so when you can't visualize yourself in a in a position you can't dream of it like I never thought that because it's harder to for sure yeah and we have less access and things like that so I never thought that I'd be able to do the work that I'm doing and it's great that I am but my goal really is to make girls feel like you know that they're worthy because it's really hard to feel like you're worthy when you flip through a magazine and everyone's white or you walk in Times Square and and everyone like no one looks like you like if you can't see yourself in media it's really hard to like feel like you're included or like you're worthy and things like that so like when I did my Times Square, I did the three airy campaigns. They were all in Times Square. And I had girls message me be like, it was so good to see a darkened Indian woman, like yeah. a dark skinned, sorry, Indian woman yeah. on that massive billboard. Because like, I've never seen anybody that looked like me anywhere. I think even in Toronto, I mean, um, I've been in the industry for a while now, too. Like, and I've had conversations with friends of mine that are models, too. And yeah. um, we were always like, if you're let's say planning a creative so a creative for those listening is kind of like a shoot that you set up that you can kind of have more um creative control control over um so you kind of are are setting it up yourself but i've noticed that like if they send you a package of models Mm -hmm. with people of color it's the same people over Mm -hmm. and over and over which means that i'm nothing i'm not taking any way of anything away from these models that's not that's not what the angle i'm coming in at Mm -hmm. but it's that that is just a, a clear indication as to like that's as big as the pool is like right. it's not it's not diverse there's not a, like a ton of like women of color modeling in that industry and like the industry's small here but there's tons of white girls working and tons of like you know so it's it's really small in new york too like yeah, i'm maybe one of like six indian girls in new york wow and i'm one of two west indian like indian girls like two yeah. trainee girls we're both trainee wow um so it's really small. I mean, it's great. Did you think you were going to make it? No. Like when I, I told Cynthia, my, Cynthia's my agent here in Toronto. I told her the other day, the first day I came into her office and she showed me a, a Bay beauty flyer, like a um, cosmetics flyer from the Bay. And she said, you know, this is the kind of work you could be doing. I literally like that was my dream because that's the biggest thing I ever thought I could do 
And like I did that like three years ago now. Mm. And I remember thinking like if I could if I could even remotely get on one of those, I'd be so happy, you know? And like I never thought I never thought. And you do a lot of beauty work, which is even more interesting. So like yeah. we we were talking about you did. Uh, I remember I, every time I would go in Sephora, a makeup girl, obviously, I'd go in there all the time and I would see your face. Mm-hmm. What, what campaign was that? I So I did Sephora Canada. I also did Bare Minerals. That was OK. So that alone was a huge yeah. billboard in Sephora all over the place. Yeah, like, they're amazing. That's a big deal. Yeah, it was cool. Like that's that's fucking awesome. Thanks. I'm proud of you. That's really really cool. Thanks. Just because I remember when we met, it was like you were just starting. Right. I was just kind of like dipping my feet in and we didn't we were not having this conversation. We weren't like, "Oh my god, I have these big dreams." We right. were like we, we were talking about like, "Who's your man and what club are you going to this right. weekend?" Right. 100%. <laughs> so it's cool to it's cool to see uh that elevation. It's really really cool. Yeah, it's nice to see that someone else in the industry is noticing that like okay we have these problems but we have awesome girls that can help solve them and girls need to be heard more so why the hell not why why aren't we doing it yeah and i think i think uh the conversation is important too because it's like i'm really not trying to exclude everyone like i'm like i'm really not but i do think that it's important especially in your industry because it's like that's what we look at all the time we're all looking at that on instagram and videos and like that's what we're all looking at like beautiful women so it's like as, as many women as we can have that have like different bodies that look different different mm-hmm. hair that are different like we need that and it's getting better but it just it needs to like keep going and that's why I thought what you were that what you're what you represent is really cool yeah that's why like the all women project was so important <laughs> to me because they even told so me so tell me about that because I've, I've looked at it a little bit but I don't mm-hmm. know like tell me what that what the, what it is so two of my friends um they're both with my agency their names are um Charlie Howard and Clementine Dussault they uh, are both well, Clem is a plus size model and um, Charlie is on the straight size board and the tr- the plus size board at Muse. She's kind of um, one of the in-between models, which is a new concept for the industry as well. Having a model that's not necessarily a size two, but also not a size 12. That's so cool. Yeah. She's like the only one that we have, which is amazing. Um, I hope they start growing that. But um, they decided to just have a campaign with all different models of all different sizes and shapes and ethnicities and colors, everything. And make it look amazing because you never get to see us all in one campaign like if it's a plus campaign it's a plus campaign if it's a straight size I hate the word straight size but if it's a straight size campaign it's a straight size campaign and it's like why can't we ever be together like it's just people think it's not going to look good or something and the whole campaign was unretouched and it was like super cool and it got picked up by so many magazines like Vogue wanted an exclusive it was in the New York Times it was on Insel USA Today it was on ID it was on Vice it was everywhere wow wow that's fucking awesome yeah it was incredible they're working on a second one now um, but it was so important that they asked me to do it and it was so important to me that they wanted my input on it because they also did interviews with us and stuff like that um, and it was important to me because of what I represent and because I think it's it was so important to me to have an Indian girl but not just an Indian girl a dark Indian girl on it and included um, for diversity reasons, I think it was just really amazing. And they're working on the second one now. They're working on... So what they do is they do shoots? Yeah. So it's, it was a big photo shoot and video Got it. Thing. And then they do like interviews too to kind of talk about the shoot. Yeah. Just Got to it. like substantiate that. And now they're working on including more people of abilities, more people of different ages. Because um, they got a lot of criticism about that. But of course, anything you do, you're going to get criticism. So yeah, so they're they're expanding on it. And it's just they got some really amazing, like very popular girls to do it as well, which really helped. Yeah, um, it yeah. so it's awesome. It was a really good project. I'm so glad I got to be a part of it. Well, so what are they so what are they working on next? Like the same kind of idea, but yeah. And they also want to start working in schools. Um, to start promoting body positivity at a very young age. I'm all about that. That's man. so important. 
so let's talk important. about this. So I'll tell you kind of a little bit about like okay, I think every woman has like issues with their body. For sure. Like, every single one. So I like, just posted a video today on my Instagram about my scoliosis. Because people think that, like, even as models, that we have such easy lives. What is scoliosis? How does it affect your life? Like, I don't know. I'm ignorant to it. So tell me okay. what it is. Scoliosis and... is an abnormal curvature of the spine. So, yes, you told me that yeah. you had that. Yes. So I have two curves in my spine. I have what's called an S-curve. My top curve is 25 degrees. And my bottom curve is 47 degrees. And as a model, it's really hard for multiple reasons. For image reasons, it's hard because I always see myself as looking really crooked, even if other people don't see it. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, other people do see it, especially if you're shooting e-com or something where you need to be really straight. Mm-hmm. I'm not. So I have to, like, compensate my body. Yeah. Um, and it's all it's really hard in terms of, like, just like being on set because if I have to stand in heels for eight hours, that's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt a girl with a normal back. Right. And then it's also hard in terms of weight distribution. Like, when I'm working out, it's a lot harder for me to work out because I have a weak back. And then it's a lot harder for my weight to be distributed correctly. Right. So it's harder when my agents will tell me things. And I'm like, you need to understand, like, I have a condition. So my weight is never going to be exactly right. It's always going to be a little heavier on one side because I'm crooked. Like, that's just what it is, you know? So it's hard on multiple levels. Can you talk a little bit about, I just think it's so important, uh, a little bit about what you've experienced, seen, or like with your own eyes. Like, we all know what the modeling industry is when it comes to weight. Right. But your experience, what you've seen, and like the things that are like super problematic that you've like actually had to experience or seen other women around you experience Mm -hmm. and what you think about that Mm -hmm. I think it's like especially hard for the young girls because I started when I was already older so I kind of already had this idea um going in like I wasn't as impressionable because I started when I was really young Mm -hmm. when I see girls that are 15 and stuff sometimes I'm like oh god please don't let them tell you things that make you feel bad about yourself like like I was saying earlier I have very good agents so I don't ever feel they don't make me feel like I'm complaining or they don't make me feel like I'm fat or whatever but I've seen girls do that and I've had other agents that have since left agencies and things like that who have said things like that that like I'm so lucky now I'm at a point in my career that I can be like you know what I don't want to work with that person so because whatever they they say things that are hurtful um and I think that's a huge issue like I think agents need to know like when you say things like we hear them like we have ears yeah it (laughs) it hurts and words are powerful and when you say that to a 16 year old like if she oh, has a man. she has a 36 inch hip but she's so tiny it's like what do you want her to do cut her bones off like you were saying earlier yeah. like it's it's hard and so I've seen that I've definitely seen anorexic girls like I went I remember we went to the Hamptons for a weekend once and this girl never ate the whole time we were eating she didn't eat she had anchovies at the end of the trip or she would drink like a martini but she did not eat one meal and she was so tiny and I was just like I really hope her agency says something because if they don't, I'm going to find out who she's with and I'm going to say something because I thought she was going to fall over. Like, I've seen that. I've seen just like even my friends and I talking. Like, my roommate is so beautiful and she she's Brazilian and she has an amazing body, but she's a little bit like, and even to say this sounds crazy because she's such a normal size. Not that there's a normal size, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, she's big she's just a little bit bigger boned and she's brazilian she has a great ass and like she will forever feel bad about herself is she a model yeah and she will forever feel bad about herself even when she her abs are super chiseled she's always like grabbing her thigh and she's like oh but here or grabbing her butt and she's like it's right here that i need to lose and i'm like hilda you're beautiful you don't need to lose anything like you're a working girl like why are they on your ass about it it just doesn't make sense to me um so it's a lot of stuff like that that i've seen that a lot of us girls have talked about as well but I don't know. I think it's just... How do you think it's affected you personally? Like, have you had to 
kind of like struggle through any of it yourself yeah definitely the weight thing because my weight fluctuates a lot I have a very slow metabolism and if I don't work out and eat properly it's literally within two days you'll see a difference in my body like I have to be on it me too yeah so that's I don't know if that's like a Caribbean thing but like (laughs) that's just really hard and I I've always like God bless the boyfriends that I've had because they've all been very um, and my family and friends they've always been very um, very encouraging and always made me feel better and always made me be like you know you can tone up really easily you just need to get on it that kind of thing but it is hard and especially having um, an, a body condition where like it's much harder for me than it would be for a normal or a regular model um, it's 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 been really hard yeah. the, the weight thing has been really hard for me and the height thing like they always I'm five eight and a half but you know they always make me feel like I'm so short yeah and it's like I forgot about the height thing oh man it's a big thing but not luckily now like for commercial jobs it's not that big of an issue but yeah yeah I know for me like just touching on the body image thing I've it's really been something that I've been thinking about a lot this Mm -hmm. past year I Mm -hmm. think just with all the work I'm doing but it really made me kind of analyze like I was like wow I've never liked my body like Mm -hmm. my whole life I've always even when I look at photos and I was like I literally had a six-pack I was ripped like I was working out all the time I was super fit super healthy I still hated my body and was complaining about it yeah like I always was like and I think for me it was like being mixed was a whole other like right. part of it too because it's like my mom was so petite and tiny so and my dad was like six four mm-hmm. six two or something like that so I you look up to your mom yeah because obviously you're a woman and you're like I have I'm like I'm huge you're like I don't this, look like you at all yeah this like I'm like so I was like in my brain I was like this massive huge monster because my mom was so small right and then <clears throat> so like she's Italian so I would have like that side of my family that was like just totally different from me mm-hmm. and then I have my dad's side and I would always just be like going back and forth between these two worlds and I didn't know what the fuck to do with myself and I always felt like just like I hate this like I just hate my fucking body yeah so now like I've always fluctuated my whole life like I'll get like like when I'm in my like health mode I'm Mm -hmm. like go I go hard and then when I'm not I'm just like oh like total opposite so I'm really trying to like balance and like love myself when I'm in my stage of like okay I'm trying to get to where I want to get to you know what I mean because it's like it's also really hard in our industry too when you feel good but they'll tell you that you don't look good like sometimes I go in and I'm like I feel really fit I feel like I look good but then they'll measure you and it's like well your measurements are still a little bit big and I'm like but I feel fine like I feel like I look good so I honestly like it's very weird it's a very they really and I don't want to say they like all agents are bad they're not but they it really messes with you mentally and emotionally um like I was even telling my boyfriend the other day like because we just started dating and I was telling him I'm gonna warn you like I am sometimes very emotional because I'm on flights I'm on red eyes I don't get to sleep like those kind of things and everything is heightened and then I also have a job where they really not I don't want to use the word attack but sometimes that's what it feels like yeah especially I mean this is the thing it's like with models everyone's like oh stop fucking complaining like your life is perfect you just have to stand there and be be pretty I'm in it so I uh, totally understand and and sympathize with what you're saying and I just think that like mentally I don't know if I could deal with that like constantly being just like I do it to myself enough yeah like when you have 11 agencies telling you it's really hard but also how do you like what do you do to like um hope with that I think you also always have to surround yourself with really good people um and it has taken me a while to find out who those people are and talk to them and stuff but also you just need to get confident in yourself and I know when I started working a lot my body wasn't perfect either but I'm like you know what I'm a working model I work hard at it I work out every day in New York and so I have no reason to be upset with myself I just need to always be working on it and if people are negative you can tell when somebody is 
saying it to be malicious and when somebody's saying it because they really want you to have a really good career and luckily and it's sad that that's what you have to have to have a good career but you know what I mean luckily all of my agents have for the most part always been so supportive and they're like we want you to do this because we want you to look healthy and we want you to work and so I and every time that they've said that everything everything has always come to fruition like so I, I always trust them but um I think it's really important to just be confident in yourself and know yourself know your body like if they're telling you to look a certain way that might not be healthy for you like everyone's body's healthy at a different never size happen. like my body's right. not gonna do that right exactly so and I so I decided just not to put the pressure on myself just always work hard when I go in for measurements I know they're always gonna say they're not right but as long as I feel good and I look good and I know I'm eating healthy and I know that I'm happy with the way that I look then I'm always fine. Maybe it'll become a different thing if I stop working or something. Then maybe that'll be different. But I always just try to be confident in myself and surround myself with the right people that would, like, people who never bring me down, you know? Yeah. I forgot to ask you the question that I usually ask at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Um, It's a question we've all heard before, but what would you tell 13-year-old you? 13, 14-year-old you. Oh, wow. That's really hard. I know. I think I would say... Stop comparing yourself to other people. Oh, that's such a good one, man. Yeah. Especially in this social media life. Just right away, stop comparing yourself to other people and stop comparing relationships and friendships that you see other people have to yours because everybody's journey is different and, you like, your mistakes don't define you. Like, you you learn from them, but you're not – you not you are not your mistakes. You know what I mean? Um that's would, a good one. I really like that. Yeah, I would definitely say those two things for sure. I struggle with that because I'm really hard on myself. Yeah, I guilt trip myself. I would guilt what trip do you myself mean by guilt? all Why the way to Alaska. Why do you guilt trip? I just make myself feel really guilty about a lot of things. About a lot of things. Like, oh, okay, I, t- I totally relate to that. So, like, let's mm-hmm. say you fuck up in a relationship or something. You feel guilty about doing that? Is that what you mean? Yeah, like, for example, like, I just got out of a really long relationship, and I feel very guilty about the way that it happened. I feel very guilty about, because it's not at all like he was a bad guy or anything like that. I just felt like we didn't fit, and I feel like sometimes that's almost, that's not good enough, because it's not that you don't love somebody or that they didn't love you. Sometimes it's that you're not being loved the way that you want to be loved and then that forces you to act a certain way and so then and I'm always that person like I I go back and I look at every situation I reflect on it like I'm so anxious all the time and so I end up yeah so I end up guilt tripping myself about that because I feel like I know I hurt him and all these things and it's just like and I got hurt too and it's just all this craziness and I just like I guilt trip myself about it a lot and I I really need to become I think more confident in my decisions because I have a question for you yeah do you think that men guilt trip themselves as much as we do I I think some men do. Yeah. Um, Definitely, like, the more emotional men and stuff like that. I think they just probably don't show it as much because, like, society has shown them that that makes them weak, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah. But I'm sure they do it. Like, I know, like, uh, a lot of, like, for example, my brother. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, Anant. I love you. But (laughs) my brother is like me. Like, we're we're similar in a lot of ways in that we're emotional and things like that. And I know... um, when he goes through things he feels bad like I, I know that he guilt trips, guilt trips himself as well because we're just those people so I think it just depends on the guy yeah I just the, the older I get the more I realize like what a stupid construct gender is like it's all made up oh my god it's so like, bad that's all everything I think about lately oh, I'm just it's... like this is so 
everything it's all bullshit it's, and it's all so stupid yeah like stop with the pink and blue and i just so yeah stupid. like down to simple things down and then and then even the more the most complex thing it's like it doesn't it's matter such bullshit yeah i try to explain to everyone i'm like it's more that people fall on a spectrum and it, it's not like because you're a girl you have to like dolls or like it's not like i've had i've had like older women and i'm not blaming them because it's the way they grew up and yeah then, and i've had like older like i remember i was taking this seminar and i've always dressed like a tomboy like when i'm not do you want to eat your salad eat it no no i was just checking the time for okay. my fucking- <laughs> um no you're good so um I've always dressed like a tomboy. I've always felt really comfortable like that. Yeah. My entire life. Me too. Like a tomboy. Whatever the fuck that is. I yeah. just like dressing in comfortable clothes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But Me too. Um, and like anytime I've dressed in like super girly clothes, mm-hmm. I either have to make it kind of like grungy in a way so that I feel comfortable. And anytime I don't, I feel like I'm not like, I feel really uncomfortable. Not being yourself. So I was in this seminar and... I was dressing like what I have on today, I guess, like a hoodie and whatever. And I'd always dress like that, especially because it was like a class. So I was never like, I'm not going to go looking good. Yeah. And I remember this woman, she'd be like, you're so beautiful. And I'm like, thanks. (laughs) She could have left it at that. She's like, you know, I just... I feel like you would like be in a relationship by now if like you would like dress more feminine and she was literally saying it out of love and I literally looked at her and I was I remember I'm still talking about it again it was a year ago because I was like so offended by it and I was like so offensive I should be loved by whoever oh yeah yeah no matter what I'm fucking wearing that doesn't matter and I don't need to put that shit on to attract a man no like fuck that yeah. like that makes me want to dress like a man even more right, just to 100%. be an asshole like it's good that you think that way because a lot of girls would be like oh shit and try to change themselves right yeah like i can't lie like there's a side of my brain that was like fuck maybe she's right but then i was like no i know i actually probably come off way more inauthentic because i wouldn't be comfortable yeah I, i'm always that person that I, I really believe that like a lot of women do not dress for men i really really believe that like and just I, for them, themselves or other women. Well, yeah, but it's so true because look at some of the trends that, that happen. Like, guys hate that stuff. They don't understand. They're, like, high-waisted. Why would you wear those pants? Like, right. Or, like, they don't understand, like, keyholes and all this stuff. Like, they don't get it. You know what I mean? And Are they, you more of a tomboy, too? Tomboy. I hate that term, but you know what I mean. I'm just, like, a really plain Jane. Like, yeah. I don't like... You like simple. Yeah. yeah. My boyfriend's going to laugh so hard when listening to this because I was... He wears... <laughs> he's a doctor, so sometimes he wears really bright colored shirts in clinic. And I'm like, that... Why? why is that shirt salmon like why is your tie yellow i don't it's not 2013 like i don't get it (laughs) like and so i bought him all these (laughs) plain colored shirts you're like i'm going to club monaco today (laughs) i went to banana republic yeah but yeah i am i'm just a plain i just i don't know my aesthetic is just very minimalistic chic comfy whatever like you know so i guess i definitely growing up i was totally a tomboy though i was so i was like spinelli from recess that was my oh my god i remember that that's my girl like i wanted to be her (laughs) i wanted to be an air force pilot all the whole nine yeah it's so interesting because i was uh before my car almost got towed today i was in a store Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was horrible horrible and i was talking to the guy that worked there because i was like it's so funny that in like the last two or three years like wearing guyish clothes for women has become a trend and i've like i was so happy when this happened because i finally felt like i could find shit it's your that style I, that like i felt like myself in so yeah yeah like, yeah it's so interesting yeah for sure um there was a question i just wanted to ask you and i do this on every podcast and it leaves my brain and i always forget oh <laughs> what are some of the things that you do like i know you said that you like what are the, some of the things that you do in terms of activism or that you want to do in the future like what do you mm-hmm. what is important to you to like get going or or mm-hmm. yeah just like in that realm yeah so i think um the all woman project really really pushed me to 
to want to do more stuff like that because to me that's activism because it, it got a lot of visibility um, and things like that so I, I have my own podcast that's launching soon um, plug it right now what yeah. is it called <laughs> it's called More Than Model Radio <laughs> and it's coming out it's going to come out on January 16th fingers crossed cool. the, the graphics will be done in time um, <laughs> so yeah and that really is about me interviewing a different model on every episode but we don't talk about fashion beauty uh, modeling at all it's all oh, about I love that. yeah it's all about models but like what's the other side of us the, our job really doesn't define us and some of the smartest girls I know are models and it just really bugs me that there's still after so much time there's still this stereotype that like we are like quote unquote just models not that being a model is less than but the stereotype is that it is less than and so and that we only have one like one avenue and we only we wake up and think about what we're gonna wear like I'm not a fashion girl. I don't really care that much. No, <laughs> you, you're not. Even though it's my job, like yeah, I don't. Not. You've never. I've never. You've never. You've always been like super chill. Yeah. Every time we've like. I'm out. just not like that. I'm yeah. not into makeup. I'm not nothing. None of that stuff. And none. A lot of fashion. Like sorry. A lot of models aren't. Yeah. And a lot of models are into other stuff. So my mission is like find those girls and let's talk about other shit so that people can see that like we have other shit going on in our head. You yeah. know. So that's my my first thing. I love the name of it. It's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. That's our my first thing. And the second thing is um a research project that I'm working on with the Worker Institute at Cornell University with my friend Sarah Ziff who is like the founder of the Model Alliance and stuff like that. She's amazing. And uh, we're working on that together and it's basically going to be this big research project um, basically kind of like quantifying like colored people in media. So... Oh, okay. Tell me. Yeah. So they're, right now the only statistics that we have about colored people in fashion is really from the runway report and the runway report only covers runways so it says of the models this year five percent of them were black or whatever and that's a problem and that's nuts and that's it like that's what it says and my thing is so it's just like here's the fact that's it yeah and my thing is first of all how is it like (laughs) we're not figuring out how to help and secondly that's just one part of the fashion industry like I don't work in that part of the fashion industry I don't do high fashion so that's not really representative of my part of the industry so I want to like in your in part of the industry it would be even less it's it's pretty bad it's pretty bad so my idea was to to break it down to all these different things like let's look at campaigns let's look at e-commerce let's look at um Uh, magazines let's look at all these different avenues other than the runway we can look at the runway as well but let's look at other things as well other media that models are in and let's figure out percentages of how many of like x amount of campaigns were like do like a sample population type thing and figure out how many of x uh campaigns had colored models as opposed to white models or whatever it is and try to figure out like more just have more quantifiable information so we can look at it and be like so these are the statistics because they have statistics about like for example, I went to um, Refinery29 had an event, a body positivity event. So I'm like, if they're able to quantify it, there should be no reason why we can't quantify totally it for could. colored people. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, why not? Why don't we just do that? So luckily, Sarah has connections with the Worker Institute at Cornell, and they are willing to help with researchers and things like that so we can make it like a very legitimate project because I think that it should be. And then I think from that, we need to figure out what are we going to do? How are we going to solve it? Because I love the body positivity movement, and I'm so glad that it's happening, but at the same time we have so many other issues in fashion that need to be addressed and this is one of them what do you feel about i know you're not in high fashion but you're still in the industry so Mm -hmm. how do you feel about like a lot of the runway shows that last year that caught all that heat for like uh cultural appropriation i (laughs) so this is the thing that makes me angry people think that when i because i always post about cultural appropriation 
And I know people are sensitive about it. Some people care. Some people don't. I care. I care a lot. I give a lot of a shit about it. It bugs me a lot. And sometimes I post about it and my friends who are similar to me, like activists and things like that, they'll be like, oh, you know, um, there's more important stuff. There's, there's bigger deal. There's bigger things happening than JLo wearing, you know, a native designer print on her like costume or whatever and I'm like but no like my thing is it's all relative like and they all comes from the same idea so if you ignore this one part of it that is seemingly so minuscule you're ignoring the whole idea my the problem is because it's not a because it's not a colored person doing it or not a person from that culture that's not understanding it or whatever the the idea is that you wouldn't be judged the same way. So it's not okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, that's my exact issue with it. Yeah. Because it's not the fact that Kylie's wearing the cornrows that's the issue. No. Fine. We got it. She's wearing braids. Yeah. It's 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 the it's exactly what you just said. It's if a black girl did that, they she would be trashy. She would be and she wouldn't get she would be a hood rat. She would be whatever. To, yeah, yeah. She wouldn't get the job uh, uh like at her interview if she had cornrows no, on it's, and big hoops on. It's bullshit. Like and the why is it and then it comes down it trickles down into so many avenues like why should a person with dreadlocks shave off their dreadlocks to work in an office why how is that and then and then you're about to tell me that when a white person has dreadlocks like they're a hippie and that's cool but if a black person has it they're dirty so for me what's your problem exactly what you're saying is for me it's like it's not the it's not the thing that they're taking that really bothers me no it's 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 a judgment yeah Yeah. it's It's the it's the feeling i feel the same way my friend my really good friend writes for vice and she did a big article about um uh white girls wearing bindis at festivals and how it really bugs her and how the same way that they banned native american dress because that's super disrespectful they they should have something similar about about cultural things like whether it's like um a daishiki or whatever things like that and i think that's really important like maybe you don't have to ban it but my problem is people aren't even aware like people would be like well bindis don't have um a religious significance and i'm like how do you know that (laughs) did you google it like like that bugs me a lot like I had a huge issue with like Iggy Azalea for a really long time and I'm not oh a, I'm God. not a, I'm not a black person but I dated a black guy for a very long time and to see the way that like people treated him because of his skin color even the way people in my family treated him yeah. like it's not okay and so it's not okay to me for a white person to act like a black person because you don't get treated the same way so like stop it yeah and there's so many studies that show that like you can have the exact same interview Sorry, the exact same resume with a white name and a black name. And the white person oh, will get God, the interview yeah. and the black person don't. So stop totally. telling me that it's not a problem because yeah. it's a problem. Yeah. And it happens for brown people and it happens for Asian people. It happens for all colored people. And cultural appropriation is a huge part of that because representation and visibility is everything. What yeah. you see, right? Like, so, I mean, sorry, that was a really long-winded answer to your question. but Hell no, that was a great answer. It girl. just bugs me <laughs> a lot. So, like, to answer your question, yeah, it really bugs me. Like, the dreadlock thing in the Marc Jacobs show or whatever show yeah, that was. That's that re- what I was referring to. And I know there was a couple of – there was actually a lot. There was year. a lot. That re- It really bugs me. It really bu- – because it shows – And for me, I'm just like, why? Like, you're killing the fact that I liked your brand. Like, yeah. Now I don't even give a shit about it anymore. It bugs know? me. And it's like, I know that they feel like they're sharing and that – um they are they are being like we really like this about your culture so we're gonna we're gonna borrow it capitalizing off of it and charging a thousand dollars for a hoodie yeah there's that and it's also like but you don't understand the context of this everything happens in context so it's not okay because you don't get treated the same way if everybody was treated the same way and everything was like hunky fucking dory i don't have a problem you want to wear a bindi wear it girl (laughs) whatever but when like certain people are getting stopped at the border or certain people are getting made fun of for wearing Indian clothes and things like that 
and but totally. then a white person does it and it's okay and it's hip and it's cool and it's she's being different no i'm not okay with that i'm yeah. not i'm not I'm, i'll never be okay with it yeah i think i used to feel i used to feel more like oh that's cool they're like exploring our culture until i grew same, up and same. i realized like that i was treated differently for being dark-skinned too like shadism is such a big thing to me too because it happens oh, in that's my family a whole other, yeah totally like are you kidding so that's why it, it really hits home for me so that's why i get so passionate about it like it bugs me so much and i i don't understand how people can't see that like a white person wearing dreadlocks is completely connected to a black person getting shot by a white cop i don't know how you can't draw that connection because yeah. it comes from the same idea so it's all relative like it's all important we need to we need it's to all important yeah exactly. we need to stop systemic racism on every level you can't just con- concentrate on the really big stuff because it all trickles down and then that's what you see you know what i mean like of i don't course. know that's just well, how i feel a hundred percent and i agree with everything you're saying I, the only thing i do the only thing i always think about is i'm like it sucks, but it's going to take a long time. So it's long. It's going to take time. So like uh, to expect it to happen overnight or to, it's just, it's, it's unrealistic. Yeah. You know, like it's been around. It's, yeah. It's going to take time. And I've like, I think everybody, I I don't know. Most people have dealt with it in many different ways. Like I dealt with it like me. Okay. So everyone in my, on my mom's side is Italian. Like yeah. they all married Italians. And then me and my sister, like my sister <laughs> is half Jamaican mm-hmm. and I'm half Chinese. So yeah. like, I remember like sitting at, like dinners and like having like my cousin's like fiance or like just like someone new come in Uh and they'll be like oh yeah you're Guyanese right and I'm like yep and they'll be like yeah I met this guy at work who's Guyanese he was really nice like you know like nice for like a Guyanese guy and I was like what is that supposed to mean it's like when I was like do I battle you at Christmas or do I just say fuck (laughs) it like do you know what I mean so like it's like when people are like you're so pretty for a brown girl I'm like oh it is what is that supposed to mean or I've had photographers be like... It means exactly what they said. Yeah, it means what you said. Like, I've had photographers be like, oh, you're so beautiful because you have this really dark skin with really Caucasian features. I'm like, first of all, what are Caucasian What are Caucasian features? I don't know what that is because white people look super different to me all the time. And secondly... <laughs> Get out of my Caucasian house is yeah, what I would have said. Yeah, <laughs> right? And secondly, you're telling me that I'm, I'm beautiful despite my dark skin because I have yep. white people features? Yep. What the fuck is that? <laughs> like, it's just like... No, no. And that to me is the idea is that light skin and like the idea is that white will always remain supreme. And that's my problem is that we need to all be on the same page. We need to all be treated the same. It, It can't. It's not okay, And it's not okay on any level. It's not okay when a white cop shoots a black person and they get away with it. And it's not okay when a white model is wearing cornrows and a bindi and everything in an editorial it's not okay on any level do you know what makes me really excited though on the positive side of it Mm -hmm. when i talk to like my sister's age is what is she 19 now and then like 21 year olds like people that are like younger than us but not that not not that much younger yeah they i really don't think are going to tolerate it like they don't care about it at all yeah yeah yeah. like they're pissed about it but they're also like they don't like I'll ask my sister about her high school experience. She'd be like, no, like the gay people are cool. Like they're popular. Uh-huh. I'm like, no, you got beat up in, in, high, in high school if you were gay. Yeah. Or like, she's like, no, no. Like that, like she, it's just that age gap of 10 years. Huge. Like they're not going to tolerate all the racism. They're and not. The fucking homophobic. They're not. Because they're like, so much more educated. So much more educated. And also they, they just think it's lame. Yeah. Which it is. It is right? lame. So that part makes me really excited for like what's to come. Yeah. Um, I, I said that on a, I was, I did a podcast with my friend Ebony Davis. She's a, a really amazing model um, 
in New York and I said the same thing I was like I'm so happy though because I feel like the generation after us they are so able to put themselves in other people's shoes and they're so much more understanding like I don't have this argument with younger people when I talk about the cultural appropriation thing it's either people my age or people older than me mm-hmm. it's never younger people that don't get it they're totally like yeah man that shit's not cool like they get it you know right Right. I agree. It's, it's not it's not it's not a conversation of convincing. Right. It's more like got it. Yeah. On. <laughs> yeah. OK. I won't wear a bindi. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> that that hurts you. OK. Let's work on how to make that not hurt. Like, you know, you got to send me some of these podcasts that you listen to. I, oh, that was one that I I did that my friend Ebony said. Oh, OK. Gotcha, yeah. Where gotcha, I said gotcha. that. I'm excited to hear yours. That's going to be fun. Yeah. It'll be how cool. many do you have ready to go? I have six now. That's going to be awesome. Oh, so, yeah. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. I think I think that. uh I think that just people like think about like modeling and all that stuff as very superficial, which it is. Yeah. But I think that there's also like that other side of it that is super important because it's like we all idolize beauty. Right. Like it is what it is. We're human beings. We're always going to do that. It's always going to happen. But I and I think that beauty with a voice is so important now and it's happening more and more, which I think is really cool. Like Ashley Graham and like a couple of other models that are super powerful and confident and have some shit to say. And also people ignore some really good things that fashion does, like bring certain different looks to the front. Like for example, like the gap tooth or like the really bushy brow, like things like that, that people would normally think is like that's too different and it doesn't fit into the idea of conventional beauty. But it was fashion that made those things cool. Like, you know, it was fashion that made me grow up my eyebrows and not over tweaks the crap out of them like I did in 2001 yeah. or 2002. You yeah. know what I mean? So no, totally. people ignore that stuff, too. And also what bugs me is like when people think fashion is superficial, a lot of it is. But fashion is important because fashion is also art and it's also a business. Totally. So it's also about expressing yourself. It's also I was really um, I used to feel really guilty and superficial about being part of this industry because it contributes so much to consumerism. And yeah you know sweatshops and that kind of stuff um and so and that side of it is still a huge problem but at the same time there are really good parts of it too like I think that visibility is important and and fashion's really great for that and like I said um what did I say um fashion being art and things like that is really important like there's also this huge aesthetic part to it that's really important and there's so much creativity that happens and things like that so it's not just this like Oh yes, that belt goes really well with that jacket. Like it's so much more than that. And so when I, I when agree. I'm on shoots and I meet the smartest art directors and the smartest that, yeah. photographers and producers and stuff, I'm like, wow, this industry is so much bigger than this one little image. And people yeah. don't realize that, yeah. you know. So it no, made me totally. it makes me proud to be a part of this industry. Whereas before, I used to really not want to say that I was a model because it would, I feel like people would be like, well, that's a fucking superficial job, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I feel really proud because media is changing so much. So uh, we've talked about the girl boss rally that we're going to be going to. Yeah, we're going together. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm excited too. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. I actually heard about it, Mm -hmm. but went right over my head Mm because I've been crazy busy. And then, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Why do you think like in general, for me, it's funny because it's like I like I'm so like all this work that I've been doing. I didn't know that I was going to do this with my life. Yeah, me either. I was like, me either. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. You too, right? Yeah, 100 percent. I never thought I would be an activist at all. Like, I was just like, I just want to, like, have a cool job and, like, go out and, like, live my life. But, yeah. like, I'm so, I'm, like, the opposite of that mentality now. Like, I really want to, like, give back and, like, have a purpose mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I do think that, like, as much as, like, I want to empower women, we're not always going to get along. No. And I think that even if I don't get along with everyone all the time, I still want to leave an impression and, like, maybe be able to, like, 
um, like change someone's mind about how they think about things. So like, Mm -hmm. and I do want to like almost like stick together as much as we possibly can. Yeah. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Why do you think it's important for you? For us to stick together? Yeah. Or the work part of it? I think the work part. I think the work is important because I think there's so much going on that is like internalized in our communities that people need to talk about. Like, for example, the shadism thing. That's so internalized in a Caribbean community. Mm -hmm. But like, even like the other fucking day, my mom and my aunt were like, oh, you look so fair lately. Like, you look so pretty. I was like, (laughs) oh, "Oh, so I I look pretty because I'm fair. And I have to always be like, you guys, fair does not equal pretty. Stop it. Like, I always have to tell them that all the time because I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm really, I'm a pretty dark girl. Like, you know, like, I'm like, stop it. Like, you don't make, stop making me feel like I'm only pretty on the days I look fair. Like, that's ridiculous. Or like when I was in India. I would just be like, I'm a lot more smart than I am pretty. Yeah. Like, seriously. Like, when I was in, when I was in India, like, and I will say the Indian market was so. Okay. So what was that like? cool and whack at the same time like fashion in India is growing immensely and it's so amazing and some the the work that I've seen from the designers there far surpasses anything I've seen like if you think about it the patterns are made there so when you have those people who make the patterns for everywhere in the world I would love to go there it's the most amazing clothes I've ever seen the aesthetic is so strong and they're so all into like themes and patterns that they're just incredible and I'm not even talking Indian wear the western wear that they make is so meticulous and the details are incredible the the designers are amazing um the industry especially for models is changing a lot they use a lot of black girls um for certain things like like Vogue India and things like that I love that um yeah they they definitely did have the more Caucasian features Mm. which is a huge problem in our industry as well they'll yeah. use a really dark girl but she doesn't look like a black girl she looks a lot more like her features are more quote-unquote ca- caucasian which i also think is bullshit but yeah you know let's say they'll they'll use a girl my one of my friends uh she's half white half black and she always says it pisses her off when she sees a really dark girl in an ad but she has like a really tiny nose it's like <laughs> like no yeah it's it's like still coming back to it yeah exactly like you know? at the end of the day it's still reign supreme right um but yeah, so they're, they that industry is changing a lot. In terms of like work-wise, I will say it's still highly kind of unregulated. And it's kind of crazy because India is still a third world country. So it's really like, you know, there's still a lot of issues in terms of, for example, like I, I maybe would have like one casting a day um, and I'd Uber to it because I'm not going to, I don't know how to, the bus situation and all know. those things are crazy oh, God, over are there, kidding? right? Yeah. Um, and so I would I would do that and that's fine. Getting there and back is fine because it's also like the IT capital of the world. So technology stuff is like amazing there. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's 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 awesome. But getting, getting anything done logistically is quite hard in India because it's still a third world country. So um, I mean like fixing your phone or, or getting things for set or like things like that. I, I can imagine it being a lot harder than it would be in a first world country for a multitude of reasons. I don't know if I explained that properly, but. No, um, no, you totally did. I get it. Yeah, it's just. You I'm have just trying to... to. When I see looking at you, like, like I'm just like staring. I stare at people with these eyes. And <laughs> yeah. Like, She's not getting it. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to picture it. No, I'm thinking about people listening to. But <laughs> yeah, but um, but then at the same time, like, for example, on set, they're amazing with food on set. Like, there's a million people on set. So I could be like, oh, can I have a chai? And it would be there in two seconds. The food that we get on set here is horrendous. Horrible. In India, so good. Like, everything is catered. Like, it's so good. And it's because they pay people fucking 30 rupees a day to be there. So there's like, a, which is horrible. So there's like a, a million people on set. So it's great in the sense that like things happen really fast. Right. But it's bad in the sense that like um, things take forever to happen. 
because there's so many people. So like I was on a set one day where like they were just talking about like how to tie the sari differently and it took like 40 minutes. Shit. And I was boiling hot. Like it was just like, I was like, you guys, this is not rocket science. Like we're not saving lives here. Like, come on. There's only so many ways you can tie a goddamn sari. Like, come on. Like I was like, I was getting so frustrated and it's like, I'm just, you're just the mannequin standing there can't say anything or move or do anything and the another thing with india is there's no sense of urgency so people just chill like they're not like okay we got to get to the next shot which yeah. is what i'm used to like they're just very chill so that would drive me crazy yeah it, and i'm oh, i'm pretty like obsessive compulsive like you we're both like very anxious and we want to like get shit done <laughs> are we <laughs> i missed that <laughs> no but like so i'm just like i was very just like they'd be like oh do you want to chai and I'd be like no I just want to do the next fucking shot like can we just do the next shot like for fuck's sake you know like so it's like that kind of thing but my agents did warn me about it being like quite a different market and me having to adjust to those things and stuff and I'm not saying it makes them bad people or anything it just makes them different from the market that I work in yeah but I will say like I got some amazing images like the photographers there are incredible did you put them up yet yeah, a lot of them are. I up. feel like okay. I feel like this fucking Instagram algorithm. Like I can't. It's I'm messing everything. everything up. Yeah, I hate it. I hope they change it back because it's yeah. so bad. They're not gonna. And everyone hates. But it's also too because everyone's using the Insta Story thing a lot now. Yeah. So people are getting stuff of views there. Mine get a lot of views. So. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, India was, in a lot of ways, it was amazing, and I got I didn't get to do like a lot of the magazines that I wanted, but I did do some, which was really cool. Um, and I, I love, like, I, again, love the images, love the aesthetic. Like, I think everybody there is so creative and it's so dope. But at the same time, sometimes I was like, I just want a strong Wi-Fi connection. Or, like, <laughs> I just want to be able to walk on a sidewalk. Or, Word. like, you know, so, like, yeah. there's that third world aspect of it. But that's, like, me being picky. Like, I, I definitely had a great experience there and I totally want to go back. Like, it's such an emerging industry there. It's so cool to, to be a part of that there. Yeah. How long were you there? I was there for a month and a half. I was supposed to be wow, there for wow. um, I was supposed to be there for way longer, but I just I went there to do um, to do editorials to beef up my book, and I ended up doing a lot more commercial work. Um, and the rates are obviously a lot lower, so my agents were like, "If you're just gonna do commercial work and we can't use the images, just come home. We'll yeah. go another time." So cool. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I have anything left to ask you. I think this is one of my five favorite podcasts. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so it glad. Was really great. You're such an amazing oh. um, conversationalist. Oh, thanks. But I'm so proud of you. I think everything Aww. you're doing is fucking dope. Thanks. Um, I'm really proud of you too. Thank you. Running events and shit, I don't think people realize how much work goes into that stuff. And I think also, I lost like 15 pounds two right? weeks before my huge event because I was like, so, so <gasps> And it's also about people doing it with the right intention, which I think you're doing it with the right intent. Like you're not doing it because you want to be popular or whatever. You're, you're doing it because you think this shit is important. Uh, there's lots of other things I could do to be popular. I mean, this, yeah. This is a way harder way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you know, like it's like, uh, I just think you know a lot of the things you spoke about I didn't I didn't know this about you mm. so I think that's even cooler I think it's like you have this amazing career and you're beautiful and oh. that whole side of it no seriously and then when you open your mouth you have some shit to say and I love that oh, I just think it's really important and uh, I can't wait to listen to your podcast thanks. drop tell them what it is one more time tell them where they can find you on the internets okay um, it's called more than model radio our hashtag is MTM radio um, you can find out a lot about it on my blog. It's liveshivnow.com. That's L-I-V-E-S-H-I-V-N-O-W.com. It's going to have its own page there where we'll, we'll post about it every week. Um, it's going to be on SoundCloud to start with. And then we're going to hopefully move to like iTunes and those kind of things. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, again, like that's why the work is so important to me because there are a lot of models that are like that, like have a lot going on. And um, 
it's the same idea with like people of color. There's so many people of color that do so many amazing things, but it's so much harder to get access yeah. and for people to, you know what I mean? So it all totally. comes, all comes down to that. Right. So that's why it's so important to me, but yeah, please check out the podcast. I'm so excited about it. And um, we also have, our email is more than model radio at gmail.com. So if you ever have any questions or if you can think of anybody that I should interview, because I can think of some people. Yeah. Let me know for yeah, sure. Or, or anything, suggestions, anything. This is my first time ever running a podcast. So feel free to shoot me an email and we can talk. I'm and hopefully you're here May 13th in Toronto because yeah. our like really huge event is happening that day. We're doing a full day conference. Amazing. With some really, really powerful speakers. I'd love for you to be there. So yeah. if you're not on, for- a, on a fame, like a really amazing campaign. Then <laughs> um, I can't believe you're organizing that. That's so much work. Even just you saying it out loud. I'm like, how are you? I'm very, that? I'm very blessed to have an amazing team. And yeah. Ladies, you know who you are that are like so creative and awesome that I'm working with so yeah. it is a lot of work but I'm actually it's actually been even though it's more work than I've ever done mm-hmm. it's actually been the most fun that I've had and you must be learning so much ridiculous so yeah. much about myself right? so much about my insecurities yeah. so much about business has just been amazing but thank awesome. you for coming on no no problem uh, thanks for having me of course uh, you can find us at Whip Toronto on pretty much every platform uh, you can follow me at I am Bianca Harris on every platform and we'll see you next time bye bye